Hello, hello, and welcome to Is This Really For Kids? A podcast where I, your host, the attention decide, is this piece of media worthy of children? Yes. It usually, kids can watch it, but we should talk about it. That's usually the conclusion. And so we do. Thusly, uh, I'm qualified because I had a childhood full of turmoil and I educate myself on mental health practices every day. And I also am a filmmaker and an actor, so I understand the movies. So... It's a fun time. Uh, let me know if you ever want to be a guest. Uh, just make sure to follow me on all of the socials and we'll figure all that out. Thanks. Get ready for today's episode. But anyway, we're going to talk about A Quiet Place 2. If you haven't seen it, you should go check out the Quiet Place 1 video so you kind of know what we're talking about. Unless, I guess, you only want to hear about A Quiet Place 2. And then, well, welcome. Welcome. <coughs> That's my boyfriend, Luke. Sorry, I was about to introduce him and then I had to cough. Um, but I will probably delete the cough, so all you will hear is me explaining about it because I'm too embarrassed to let you guys hear how I cough. That's private to me. So, um, also, it really offends my cat, Marcy, so given her beliefs in the house system, I've changed. Anyways, so Quiet Place 2 kind of starts off with, like, it's a prequel at the beginning. So they kind of kind of trick you to be like, oh, we're not going to continue. You heard that we were going to continue. We weren't going to continue. It's a prequel. And then it's not a prequel. It's just there's a part of, that is prequel-y. Is an opening scene. I don't know how I feel about them using it. Also, <laughs> we saw this movie in theaters. I guess we should clarify that because that does, I think, affect the experience. So in theaters, water was $6 and that was down from uh, the Chinese theaters. Eight, right? Seven. No, seven. 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 Yes. But I think it was a bigger bottle for six. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the bottle was bigger. It was bigger than the other one. Yeah. At the one that we went to for A Quiet Place. Yeah. But to be fair, we got into... The Chinese theater for free. So. That's true. We, it's fine. Shh, yeah, hush, so hush. We won't talk about it. Thanks, Steven. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry, Steven. I'll protect you. We had a magical wizard at the Chinese theater. Okay. We just. Ooh. Is that true or not? Who knows? Anyway, so John Kravinsky is in there because he had to be in his own movie. You know what I mean? I'm an actor. I get it. Oh, yeah. I forgot to talk about how in the beginning, we kind of mentioned on the first one, but he, <laughs> it goes, all of these previews of horror movies coming out in theaters, and then it goes, hi, I'm John Kravinsky, and I want to thank you for going to see it in theaters. I'm really passionate about theaters. Make sure you're getting out there and seeing it in the theater. And it's like, I understand. I almost feel like this should have came after the movie. Uh, when we were all done. I still hate both of it, but in terms of placement, I would have rather it come after. Because here's the thing, too. It's kind of a silly message because we're already at the theater, right? I guess it's rewarding good behavior, but we're, like, already here ready to support you and give you our money. <laughs> yeah, it's not... And I think I've I've seen it... I've seen before when there is, like... Sometimes there's a little, like, message from the director, right? Like, I think when I saw, like, The Incredibles 2, there was, like, a little thing. Sometimes yeah. there's, like, a... Hey, we made this movie, and we're going to say some pointless things that we don't need to say at the beginning that don't tell you anything, right? Yeah. And it's like, you don't... I, I, I also hate, like talkbacks and things like that most of the time right because yeah. i'm Sometimes like usually I really like one yeah they can be good oftentimes they're just a bunch of people people asking questions because they want to know real things but then the people won't actually get reveal any real information you know it's like what was the filming process like oh, it was great it was great process we were oh great. yeah you know and it's i like, guess i've cares? had the privilege to be and a lot of the talkbacks that i go to are very educational and i guess that's kind of you can kind of tell what a talkback is going to be in nature by it's just kind of the way the event is framed if you do like a little research sometimes you can kind of pre-screen how bad a talk back is going to be sure. i've been like i mean i feel like i learned a lot on the ones of judy and sometimes too it's not necessarily information about the film it's information about the people making the film and kind of attitudes and characters like i don't know i feel like i learn a lot from talkbacks because a talkback is either you're going to either get a great character, you're either going to know how to schmooze when you leave out of it, or you're going to know something really cool about the filmmaking process. Uh, and I feel like each of those are worth the like 30 minutes they usually are. The only time they suck is when people have an opportunity to ask questions and they ask the most dumbest questions. Yeah. They ask like this super long rambling question that is like, hey, I want to show really off how much I know yeah. about movies or something, you know. Oh, yeah. I hate it. Like, I, I don't mind the, like, oh, I really admired you. They got to cut it short sometimes. Sometimes people go and ramble for, like, two paragraphs of, like, oh, I really admired you. And it's, like, you know, like, you can say it and you can say it not. When it goes on to, like, it's been two minutes of you saying how much you love this celebrity, I, like, 
I'm like, okay, this is, they didn't get here. It's not like a meet and greet, right? It's a question, right? Yeah. Like it's a ask a burning question uh, that you want to know. Um, I remember like, I didn't ever know what it was to be a hero in the industry until at a, at a film, I think what it was called. I can't remember, but you go and we would see the new movies from the director's guild. I don't remember what the thing is called on the sack. I think it's just like film club, honestly. It's something really simple. And so you would go and I asked a question. And, but yeah, one lady tried to give her a CD in the bathroom and she was like, not having right she was like well she was so nice but the bodyguard was like no and it was like just a series of questions after that and i asked like i think i asked the supporting one i don't even remember what i asked him it was just something about like oh like was the process of like getting into a guy with like mommy issues it was something like technical but also like personal to his journey of like was it like hard embodying this guy you know what i mean you don't know about him because it was like judy garland's boyfriend right was it like hard because i think somebody had already asked about the basis because they have like that's the other thing too is that usually from those topics they have somebody who comes out and is a professional question person like and so she leads like the majority of questions that you would want answered and then they open it up to the audience which i think is the successful thing of q a's which doesn't always happen at film festivals true and that's what they need they need somebody to like a guaranteed interviewer hi i'll interview people at film festivals i'm perfect for that hi here's all my information's below. Anyway, back to a quiet place too, because my boyfriend has to work early. Uh, so it's a bomb in China that we see at first. That's like we get like a prequel because it's John Kravinsky there um, after greeting us. He is also alive and well. And yeah, they were already showing too. They kind of just established that they already had uh, sign language, the knowledge of sign language before. They didn't learn it in a quiet place, which could have been a wondering of. Did she? Because I think there was a moment of like, oh, how long has she been deaf, right? That we don't get answered in the first one. And that's the thing. I, I like, I know that I definitely assumed that she, that they knew sign language because of her, because she probably, otherwise, yeah. like, I guess you could get a sign language book and like learn it, but. Yeah, yeah, I knew that her influence probably did help them learn sign language better, but I didn't know how long, right? To me, it was unclear because we didn't see the before until now is if she lost her hearing because of these things, sure. right? Like I was unsure of that. But it seems that she was always deaf. So it's at a baseball game. I honestly like the choice of a baseball game for this to happen. It was weirdly, weirdly fit, right? It was weird. Yeah, and it's sort of just like family, right? Like I played baseball as a kid. My parents would come to the games and watch me suck, you know. Yeah. Every once in a while I did well. Yeah, I feel like that. that is a very, and, and the thing is it's very like, like all American family, right? Like that's. The, the I think both movies it is it's like what if a family if this happened to just like a random family in the Midwest or upstate New yeah. York or wherever this is supposed to be um, yeah I mean I they feel like a little more liberal because of the deaf uh, daughter in some ways right like they feel a little more special they feel a little more different they're not exactly average but they're like doing an average thing that any of us could do and I think the thing that got me is oh, they were in a crowd when this happened, right? Like, which helps, I think, in some ways and also hurts in other ways that come. So basically, I guess the bombs were the creatures is my takeaway. From when I, I watched a couple YouTube videos, I guess it's supposed to be, and I, th I think he said this in a thing or something, it's like these, these, these aliens planet got like destroyed or something and they were on like an asteroid or something and then they all get like basically thrown onto earth right but it's oh, like these okay, are like the aliens. last of these aliens from this other planet and they have like earth is going okay. to be their new home that's interesting because i did feel you haven't really seen stranger things and you don't care about it but that the creatures there feel very similar to the demogorgon to me uh hmm. and just in texture of the skin like that thing, whatever that it's like, it's like weirdly alien, but it also feels demonic. It kind of reminds me of Silent Hill, the color of it. Like there, there's something about that skin thing that's used a lot in like, I don't know. And aliens are apparently in Silent Hill. So who's, who's to say what's going who's on? But anyway, these things like, they feel a lot faster in this opening. And it might just be that they were there, like that they freaked out and now they've had time with the world, right? But they feel like crazier. Here, here is where we come to the first of my gripes. <laughs> they are at times so fast 
that they can outrun a car, right? Sometimes people are driving in a car as fast as the car can go and the monster is faster. And at other times people will like outrun them on foot, right? It's like, how do they ever, how, how can you ever escape these things if they're faster than a car, right? Yeah. You can't. Like they're faster. Well, and I will say that usually to to chug up to any sort of speed or to like match its speed, it seems like it's got to do like, it's hard to do this on a podcast. I should have done this on video, but it's basically like making like a circular motion with my body, right? There's like a lunge forward that you have to do for physics. Cause even I will say when they attack, they usually like rear back and then attack. And that does, it's, it's different than like just a full on bite. I know this is like a weird conversation sure, to sure. talk about, but I can like in their defense, I can kind of see that. Also, we don't know, like humans, there are some humans that are smarter than others, right? We don't know if each creature has its own intelligence. It's... They seem pretty remote, like towards the same, but that's just like, we're seeing things from their perspective, right? They don't have time to really consider, they're traumatized, right? Usually when you're traumatized, you're not being like, well, that person was just acting in their trauma, right? And they didn't really, it wasn't really about me, right? Like I, I could take this less personal, right? They're not doing that with the monsters. They're just being like, oh my God. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I can't imagine being in a bus. I can't imagine, yeah, they like end up sticking with the policeman, which I don't know, part of me feels like, they're not the type of family to do that, but I guess they are. Like, part of me doesn't believe that he would go with the cops. Part of me just believes that he would have taken his family and kept running, but... I think that the small... Because it seems like it's a small town. Yeah. Right? Like, it's very small town. Mid To me, it felt very Midwest. I don't know. I assume we could look up where it takes place. I don't remember yeah. what it is. Yeah, like... Like, it feels definitely very small town. And I think that police are perceived very differently in small towns than they are in bigger cities. Like, I think a lot of times, because it's like... I don't know. That's like your... We were like a suburb, and our police was bad, and we knew it. I mean, I guess Rochester was a bigger city, so we were, like, very, very close to Rochester, essentially, but it was still, like... I I knew a lot of people who didn't cross the police. It also could be just, like, a different era, too. He is not... I feel like your generation is often probably more trust the police or maybe just depend. Obviously your dad is a cop. So this equation is all over the place. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking up the setting. Sorry. Well, now they're just telling me where they filmed it, which is this in the town of Pauling in Dutchess County and County city of Beacon. I don't know where any of this is year. It takes place in, I guess it, Oh, state of Iowa. So they're in Iowa. So right. It is Midwest. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I could get it. Part of me, I, I guess the Midwest is really green. It's been a while since I've seen all that green. Pretty uh, green. Yeah. Oh, when the traffic lights fall down too. Uh, I've never, when they told me the size of actual traffic lights, right? Like that was like messed up, right? That was like kind of like a change in perspective, right? Or maybe I was just stupid and didn't understand that. But I didn't realize how big traffic lights are for uh, a long time. I was pretty old when I realized that. I don't, I don't think I have ever seen one like up and close in person. They're huge. They're like really big, like falling from the sky. Like it's just like little things that you're like, do do do. I'm walking in the street. This is this is safe. I'm going at the crosswalk, right, with the traffic light. And then you don't think, oh, in an emergency, this is not a safe place to be. Question: Was the one in Mister Rogers' house a full size traffic light? Do I don't you know, do you know enough what I'm about, about. I don't know enough about it in my memory. I didn't watch a lot of Mister Rogers. Okay. I watched some Mister Rogers, so. Okay. And then, oh, I guess for me, too, the interesting about the prequel, when I started falling in it, I was like, yeah, you have all these people making noise, and they don't know. They don't know at this point. These things just came down. They don't know that it's sound. Yeah. Right? You just think that they're... It's so far, too, when they've came down, they've just attacked. Yeah, for sure. And just when things attack, you run away and scream. Yeah. And it would be so messed up to be like, oh, here's this cop. We're friendly with this cop, right? He's dead now, right? You just went through especially in a small town, so many deaths of people you know in a day. I feel like we got a lot better at tragedy scenes as Americans. It's going to be sound really weird and probably corrupt, but after, honestly, Hurricane, the hurricane in Katrina, S- Katrina yeah, in New Orleans. Because I feel like that, it was like after that, that some of this sort of like apocalyptic terror thing started to go into um, high, high demand, I feel like. I mean, for like my generation, that was like the first... That that's I mean I guess that's the one big natural disaster that really had an impact on the U.S. Yeah. I guess there are. I count there, 9/11 as a natural disaster. Oh my god. Well, and there are. There was like that hurricane in Texas 
Uh, yeah, I not mean, that there's long tornadoes ago. all the time. Yeah, her, that one hurricane did hit pretty hard too, but I don't think it got as much coverage as Katrina was. Katrina was big, and I think that it was like things were handled badly. Yeah, they were, from what I remember like, on the tour. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing I remember is when people weren't leaving. I remember watching the news and it being like a bunch of people aren't leaving and they need to leave. Right? Yeah, and it was like people were like, ah, it's not going to be that bad. It's yeah. Bad. Yeah, that's hard. And it's hard, like, what do you say? It's, I guess that's, to me, that is the core of what Noah's Ark is really about, is people not believing the weather sometimes. Like, Well, and I remember being, uh, like, where I grew up in Wisconsin, we would get tornadoes sometimes. Like, none ever, like, hit our house, right? But they, like, got, you know, like, had touched down somewhere nearby or were, like, sighted somewhere nearby. And there's that thing of, like, do we... Do we go in the basement, right? Like, at what point mm-hmm. do we go? This tornado might hit the house. Everybody get into the basement, right? Yeah. And at what point are you like, eh, probably won't. It's still a little ways away. Like, but it could turn. And yeah, that thing of like choosing yeah. when to react. Well, definitely me. I don't know enough about, I don't keep any tracks on earthquakes at all over here. Like I have, I am, I'm kind of like at this point, do I want to, my big thing is like, if a natural disaster is coming, do I want to survive it? Like, I don't know. I'm in that mindset. I need to get out. But anyway, so then this prequel thing, they try to disguise it. It's the boy's memory of like when this all started. Um, a cute filmmaking trope. Uh, Krasinski, I see you. Um, but oh, my favorite part too was that in our movie going experience, somebody was like, that's how that get the first movie ended. Yeah. So I spoke to his date who didn't know because I heard right before the movie goes up he's like oh did you see the first one and she's like no mm. <laughs> and I was like oh this is going to be fun <laughs> oh man and then so their house is on fire I don't really remember how their house got on fire but okay and I think it was just like amongst the fighting and stuff it just like yeah. caught fire I think. sure because I, I don't know how electric stuff works, so I guess, yeah. I mean, it was knocking around, yeah, it was smashing electric stuff. Sometimes fire yeah, start. that's probably true. Anyway, so, and then there's still a flood, and she has to go. I put the fire extinguisher at first, because I don't know why I thought it was that. I guess I thought they were going to save their house more than she even tried, but it, she was like, no. It does look kind of like a fire extinguisher. Yeah. I get it. But it's the baby's gas, is what she, like, goes back into the, like, water for... The baby's farts, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, she went in yes. for the baby's gas. <laughs> yeah, to, like, you know, whatever the oxygen, whatever it is. I thought it was sleeping ass to be honest um, it, it also and this is another of those things where we're like huh so the water level oh yeah has not changed the water level very very quickly went from the uh, water was pouring to it is like you can swim in it and it is up to like i don't know like shoulder height or something i feel like yeah. she is like mostly submerged in the water but it never passes the top of the thing where the baby is yeah. it like never gets any higher and it just like seems to just like level out and then it's not going to get any higher. and i could this. maybe here's the one thing you know sometimes in like houses especially basements is that there's like sometimes there's a little floor that's higher and then there's a little indent and depending on the way that the room is filled sometimes i wonder too like how much water can a place really take, right? Before it starts absorbing it through the bottom of it. Like, you know what I mean? Because they are at the basement to the ground. So it's like, I can I can maybe, I don't know enough about houses to say, no, no water can get through any part of any crevice in a house, right? Like, I have a feeling you can see it, what happens with like, when you get water on the floor part of the time, especially like fake hardwood floors and even real hardwood floors, it like warps a little, you know? Like it's... It yeah. gets like up, like so. I can maybe that's maybe why I cannot complain about the water height. They didn't lose me yet at this point. I wasn't. I was a little. Once he had the thing before the movie, I guess it made me think that oh, we're not going to take it seriously, especially because he was so like joyous in the clip. Um, and I don't know. It felt weird. But anyway, that baby cradle thing reminded me so much of Moses. Like there was some weird biblical symmetry right i really felt that i like kind of when horror does christian stuff because it's very interesting to me i feel like christians really know fear too so anyway it just blows my mind that they leave this house with all the food and that her mom is bandaged foot and is traveling i guess they think that they're going to just keep coming there and that's that's one of the things yeah yeah maybe it's supposed to be they think they have to leave because that they, are, are the things intelligent? Do they communicate with each other? It and they're going to be like, like let's did. all go here. 
Or that they'll be like, I, it might be like a ripple effect of like, okay, these were the fastest ones over there that got the noise. And there's other ones like they heard it from over there, right? And so after a while of raging around, because we still, I still think they eat them. I don't know what you think. I'm saying they eat them. So after, I guess, wandering around not having food, right, you'll be like, oh, I'll go closer to where I heard the sound before. It's been a few days. So whatever the first scavengers were, you know, I'll get, I'll get the next, like see if any life comes following basically like bait and then anyway they have to go on crunchy leaves which also bothered you i remember in the movie because you were very upset you were like how do they then you're telling me he pours sand like he was like why don't they just pour sand when you want you were so upset about the crunchy leaves that they have to walk on well and that being the sound that draws them i guess the thing is it's like they're making they're making sounds right that are like I feel like sometimes it's they can make sounds and it doesn't like matter that much and then other times the crunching of a leaf is enough. Yeah, right, I to think like it's about distance. To be fair, I will say when they've made they've usually made a loud sound that I think would be enough and like quiet sounds. It seems like I haven't seen a quiet sound done at a distance where the thing came. I have seen like then make a quiet sound and the thing was closer and that allowed it to attack, right? Because it can help me hear better closer. So I wasn't gone yet. I wasn't gone yet. Anyway, though, then I started to doubt, though. Here's my one. I was like, oh, no. I started to have the doubts. I started to get taken on the movie because birds exist. And I was like, I didn't think about other animals, I guess, existing as much, even though there was a raccoon in the other one. I don't know. I guess to me, I was like, I feel like a bird would be the easiest motherfucker to catch because they make sound all the time, right? That's like their primary yeah. thing. Really easy. I mean, I guess they can get up to a certain point in the air, but I was like, huh. I guess it brought into question. I was like, how many birds are still left? Like, what did this do to the bird population? And Maybe they don't like birds. Maybe they don't. They don't like chickens. Yeah, so their gate makes noise because they find this, like, land of traps, essentially, <laughs> all to a neighbor they knew, but we don't know that yet. First, we have to get to the land of traps. There are so many traps. I don't understand... I mean, I guess to maybe prevent the animal if they think it's coming towards them. But I'm also like, how did you not set this off? How do you not? I, I'm confused. Yeah. There were so many traps. How do you? I guess he was is, never going that way again. It's <laughs> not the risk of tying a bunch of very noisy things together to set up an alarm more dangerous than not having the alarm. Right, yeah. like that is sh- there's no way you can do that silently. That you can like hang in a, a thing of jingly bottles together without oh, jingling yeah. the bottles. Yeah, I have a really hard time. I mean, maybe it's possible. I'm not good at those things, so I don't know. But anyway, also the weird thing that is never addressed is the person about to shoot. Like it's all through the like, like gun eye thing, which I guess we're supposed to assume was him, and he was debating about whether just killing them for safety which is also messed up really but not addressed at all i mean i guess why would he bring it up right he'd have to bring it up i think it was supposed to be he's just looking at them but we don't know if it's a sinister person right but it's just like he's just using it as binoculars which he doesn't have right he's just like using the scope instead but it looked like he was about to shoot the way that it was directed it was it was supposed to be that we're supposed to wonder right yeah and I think, I don't know the way, I think they they meant him to be a person that he is, but the character who he is doesn't convince you that he would do that because he goes along too quickly with other people's things, as you said. But anyway, so the kid, the little son gets his foot trapped in the trap and I was like, well, the movie's over, right? Like I was like, there's no way they can survive. Like part of me liked that, but it also, it definitely cut ties with everything. I was like, it's already too hard. Her foot's already injured. The baby's already there. She's deaf. There's, they just saw their father die. They left everything behind. It's too hard. Like I was like, there's no way they're all going to die. And it does. I think that kind of puts it into like, it kind of, that kind of throws it back into the formula of the original because it's like. They were going on a journey, which I was kind of looking forward to them being on a journey. And then now it's like, well, now they're not going on a journey, right? Because they can't go on a journey because he just got his leg destroyed by a bear trap. Yeah. Right. Well, so I it's guess like, for me, I didn't really want to see them go on the journey because I knew the journey was going to be fucking horrible. Like I knew it was going to be really rough, which when the deaf girl goes off, it kind of is, sort of. But anyway, yeah, I'm just like, I really felt they had no chance. And he's just like, screaming you know because it's like leg hurt i mean there's no way this kid cannot scream it's like it's destroyed it's i mean 
thinking about it makes my leg twitch. Like it was brutal. And then of course, all of the things, it summons the things. There's no way you can scream that loud, I guess. The more and more people they kill, the more and more silent the world gets for them to hear more. It's like weird to think about, but yeah. Anyway, it's their neighbor. We, I think we were supposed to pay attention to him more in the prequel. We didn't. He is, I guess in the prequel, the guy that like asks her about what is the hind language for dive, which is weird that he asked her that, honestly. I guess it's because he's at the baseball game for whatever, but I also don't know. I don't know. Anyway, because whatever. I think their son was playing, was up to bat, and that might have been the thing that he was trying to communicate, but also he can hear, and he was obviously not facing them, so I don't really understand why he did the sign language, but all right. Another thing I don't get, why was he wearing a mask when they see him? <laughs> who, who is he... Uh, and, and I guess maybe it's supposed to be the tying a bandana around your face will muffle your breathing a little bit. But it doesn't seem that anyone else has... Yeah, and I could see that being kind of new. I learned all new things having to wear a mask in COVID. It might have been also weird. Like, I don't know what they reshot or whatever, but... And it, um, it, to me, if yeah. there's a rash, you can rationalize it. But it feels like the filmmaker going, we want this character to be a mystery and then to be revealed. Yeah, and I think part of it was that he was their neighbor and he was like hiding his face because of that, which I could maybe see to be like, because she does confront him and is like, why didn't you come look for me, right? Like, look for us. But I also think that that, I don't know if I would even go there too, because I would be like, well, the more people we have, the more danger we are of making a lot of noises because crowds equal noise, right? Part of me is like, I don't, I think I would look at him and I would understand more why he didn't say anything, right? Because also they could have went and looked for them. I know they had children, I guess, but I guess so did he. And didn't he have a wife? He had like, I think he at least had a wife. Well, he was at the children's baseball game. So he either yes. has a child or is a pedophile. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he maybe he was a, a child. Fa- maybe it's supposed to be he was a family friend and he yeah. was there. I think he had kids. I, I can't remember what he said in the movie, but I'm pretty sure he said that he... His kids and wife, all he's now all alone. He's like, basically, if the old man didn't scream, he's just there. I think he was strangely miscast. I really do. But anyway, he's like, you guys can't stay. There's not enough food and there's not enough anything. And they just left all the food back over there. I mean, maybe they could come back out and do it. But who knows how long this journey is, which we'll get to that in a second, because then that really messes up things. But anyway, Emily Blunt begs him. And anyway, he has also this like vault that you can't hear in, but you have to make sure that you put a towel on it. But that reason's not really explained until later, a little bit until too late. And anyway, so the son screams because they like pour alcohol on his thing because they have to clean it. Because this guy's traps who feels, he honestly feels no remorse that it has messed up this kid maybe for life the way that they're treating it too. He has no feelings about this. I don't, Maybe he didn't set these traps, but still. He must have set the traps. I, who set them? We don't know. And then you got mad about this, but I thought it was sweet because he was so in pain. I thought she was giving him music to distract him, to have something to focus on. Um, but anyway, the sister gives him this like radio and is doing basically like white noise, yeah, trying to find something him. on the radio. She's just playing him. Well, so... So she puts the headphones on him to play him the sounds of white noise. And then I guess I guess she's scanning through the stations for him and happens to stop on one that has music on it. Yeah. Right? Like Even though they already have music on their iPod too. But he was very excited about the music. I guess maybe the parents they were like, that's just for us, which is so cruel, but I also get it because with kids so much things can happen, but oh my goodness. Anyway, so Oh yeah, because they have an iPod. They do in the first one. That they, but they're, but yeah, but the kids just have the radio that only plays white noise because <laughs> so there are because no, yeah. the radio people are all. But there. I mean, maybe they were just like, I mean, they were very intelligent because I don't know if I was in pain that I would have been like music. That means that there's other people out there, and it's also like we already just saw that we just met another person. Why are we so excited that there's other people out there? We already know that there probably is. Can we, should we talk about the problems that exist with the radio station or should we wait until we get to the other place? I feel like at the radio station, it maybe makes more sense. We also haven't gotten to the crux of the thing. Yeah, we'll we'll wait. But anyway, it's coming, you guys. Get ready. So, yeah, he basically, this guy, and I I guess it's weird. I don't know if we ever believe that he's going to turn these people away. 
Do you ever believe it? I don't think I believed that I, he was going to do it. We know that he's not going to. And it, that's why, it, to me, it's kind of a, a dumb, like, character thing. His whole thing is he multiple times in the movie tells people he's not going to do things and then he immediately does them without any reason to do them. They're yeah. just like, just will you please do it? And he goes... <laughs> okay, I guess I will, but I won't be happy about it. And it's like, well, why didn't just have the character want to do it, right? Or like give him or make him or have him not want to do it and then make him do it. Nobody makes him do things. He just chooses, he just changes his mind and decides to do it for them. Yeah, and we're not clear, or that's the thing. We need to see what changes his mind and we do not see it. Yes. Because it's also, it ends up being a little bit of his story when it shouldn't be because we don't know him, but it ends up being about him in a weird way. Anyway, daughter Phil's figures out, the deaf daughter figures out, which I also am curious, her deafness to me, I know people have said different things, but to me, seems a, she seems like she's not suffering as much from being deaf as she was in the first one. And it could be because of the hearing aid. Now that she has it more, I think we just got it when we met her in the, fir- in the uh, first one. So maybe I can give that, but it felt really uneven because it was like, and the last one, we didn't even see her talk at all. I guess that they're in a vault so they can talk now. But she figures out it's the same song over and over. It's from Finding Nemo. That's how I know it anyway. It's somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me. It's a really good song. I probably will cover it one day because I like that song. But anyway, she's like, oh, it's an island and there's people who want us to go there. Well, cause she like, cause I think she knows where she knows the radio station. She's yeah, like, she oh, wait, this up, one, this yeah. is where it's located. That's where. The yeah, she does look up that. where the thing, which is very smart. I would have not known how to do that at all. I don't know what you would have known how to do, but I wouldn't know. So anyway, she so she sets out by herself, which is so. I feel like this is too dumb even for her, especially given everything that they've gone through is not that far away. She just saw her dad. And I mean, like, I guess you can argue that like, oh, she was so sad about her dad that she went and, uh, you know, set off in like kind of this like not thinking grief. But I also am like, she has to know that it's really, she can't hear, right? She has to know that that affects, that she shouldn't go alone, right? That that's just stupid. And that also her brother just got his leg chopped off. You're going to leave him with the mom who has the baby too. And this guy who's already said that you're going to throw him off. Like that doesn't feel safe, right? I don't think her dad would have ever left them alone. And I feel like she would have known that. It seems like she, I think what it's supposed to be is that she realizes that their situation is so bad the only option is to find a way to like to stop them yeah. right because it's like okay. they've got the baby the, the, he can't walk oh they can't they're they have nothing they have no way to fight they That's have nothing true. like the only thing you can do is like go on the offensive basically and and stop them yeah and um, i guess she thought she would be slowed down by all of them um well she, i think she knew they'd never let her go yeah. right her mom is not going to be down to do that the brother can't go they can't bring the baby like she's the only one that can do it right yeah. Um, Even if she's hindered, yeah. That's pretty powerful. I didn't look at it like that from that perspective, so. But yeah, uh, and then I don't really like the fight. It takes a while for me to warm up to the fight that she has with the guy asking him to go. I guess because I hate his character, and I hate the way that it was portrayed. He was so not good. He, like, honestly, it was from him that I lost hope in this movie, and I feel bad. I don't think he's, like, the worst actor ever. It's just not right for this, like role and what they're trying to do it's not written well either it's just... i think I th- yeah i don't think it's the performance i think it's the writing of the character who he's the character who just kind of wishy-washy's he's just kind of whiny and wishy-washy and he eventually he says he won't do things and then he does them that's See, his and whole i character. also i don't know i feel like he didn't look like he belonged in the world right it felt like he was playing a different movie than they all were playing too to be honest which is you know, you can maybe say that it's just different because it's a different character, but I don't know. I didn't like him, and I think you really need to like these people in the horror movie or you, like, lose the what is compelling about it. Because I kind of was like, well, I don't care if this guy dies, right? Like, I did not... I don't root for him at all. Well, and, and it's hard because he's not... The, like, his, the first thing that he does is say... Go away. I don't care about you. I would rather save myself than try to take care of you, of these like helpless family, yeah. right? Which is so, which a cold, cold person. And I don't feel like from the cold people I've met, I haven't seen them like this guy. And that's the thing is like, if, if that is the choice 
then make him a, like a cold piece of shit who doesn't want to take and care I of them, right? And I don't think that this actor, I don't think that was his type. You know what I mean? I think that is part of it. Like, I, I don't think he was the right casting as well to do this. I feel like he looked sort of like John Kravinsky and that's what caught him in. Like had similar vibes of like rugged apocalyptic man, but his was like, I feel like his to me feels like more Walking Dead and I don't know why. That's like what he reminds me of and it just doesn't fit to me in this horror universe. Sorry, not to be mean, but I just like, it. Took, he took me out of it. He really did. And I don't know how else to describe it. I just wasn't vibing with him. But anyway, it does get heartbreaking at the end. You can tell Emily Blunt is working her heart out because she's like listen if there's anybody worth saving it's my daughter right and i thought that was like a really beautiful moment daughter goes on this train randomly her feet are bleeding from walking i guess and this and this is another (laughs) cry they have been barefoot for it seems like a year at least they were barefoot when the when they're walking when the in the first one in the beginning they so they've been barefoot for a very long time when you were walking barefoot outdoors in the elements all of the time, you have calluses on your feet. Your feet do not cut from just like walking on some rocks. Because I don't think that she cut them. Maybe I, maybe I missed something. I don't remember her like cutting them on some glass or something. Which even then, you can walk over glass when you have thick calluses on your feet from walking around it's on rocks and stuff painful. all the time. It's still going to be painful it's, to some... Like, I don't, and I don't know how to develop because they were mostly on sand, it looks like. I also think some shoes are quieter than bare feet, honestly. If you run when you're bare feet, you are loud. When you run with sneakers, you are less loud, right? Like, well, I think it's because, like, we're sticking to th- my feet, like, kind of sticking to stuff. But anyway, but yeah, but I think that, like, I don't buy, and that's the thing. It seems like, because her feet are all bloody, that she goes onto this train, it seems like to look for a first aid kit to to put something on her feet, which seems very risky for rather than just like tearing off a strip of clothing or whatever and, and wrapping it up. And I don't think her, I also, and I just don't buy that her feet would be all bloody just from walking around on some rocks because she's been walking around barefoot all the time. Yeah, I don't know. I could buy it. They were very bloody though. It's also like, deserves some explanation. Like you should maybe explain why her feet are bloody because you've explained why Emily Blunt's feet is bloody, right? Like, and why this, like we've already, it's, we feel like we're missing some action in that, that we didn't see her journey of like, it hurts, but I have to walk anyway, which I think was needed. Uh, but we spend a lot of time on these skeletons, which I don't really understand the logistics of. I'm like, did they just die there and then fade to these perfect skeletons? Or, cause when that thing tears through, it like tears through you, right? You're not in this like, perfect skeleton right like you're it's not pirates of the caribbean so that took me all out also there was no reason for her to go up in this train i guess maybe because she was curiosity uh it might be softer on her feet i don't know but anyway so then she screams because this one skeleton pops out of this first aid kit which at first i thought she was getting for her brother but i guess she's really getting for herself because of the feet oh maybe it was supposed to be that she's getting it because they will eventually, she know, she'll go back to the brother eventually and she... Yeah, that's what I thought. Because we've already, because we set up so much stake in the brother getting hurt and then we yeah. just throw it away soon. But we'll get to that. Anyway, so the, I don't even know this guy's name. I so didn't care about him. But anyway, the guy that they made who's like all not savvy guy, he saves her. And then she's frustrated at him because he, she can't hear him. And he doesn't, like, know how to enunciate, I guess, or do anything with death, which I was like, oh, damn, like, that is, that is hindering and interesting. I wish he was more of an interesting character, so I cared. But also, it didn't make sense the way that they were talking, given how close one of the creatures were. I don't, it would have come there based by the rules that they've said. Yeah. Then they're running out of the gas for the baby, which is why I think that it's sleeping gas because I don't know why, I guess having oxygen for, I don't know why, I guess maybe when it's first born, it needs oxygen. I guess they take it away, right? To do that for a little bit. I don't know what that means. I don't understand. I'm now I'm kind of scared. Yeah. Anyway, um, the, the fact that I don't know so much about babies does scare me. So way to go that quiet place too. But it's still, I don't know. It still is like weird to me that like, a baby can't breathe even on its own. Like it is that dependent. And like, I don't know how the human race has survived. But anyway, the girl freaks out because the guy stole her hearing aid. And we think for a second, and I guess because the way the character is, it doesn't really suck me in. But I guess it's like, there's a part of it where it's like, 
this guy who robbed her and we're never going to see her again, right? And I honestly, I wanted that movie. I wanted him to just take the hearing aid and she's gone and has to go back, I guess. And it's just like, I don't, I mean, that movie's like depressing as hell, but it would have been like, it would have been who this character said that he was, right? If he was really this person. But anyway, he ends up finding the boat, which I don't even know if we know that she told him that, right? This movie's a mess. It's a freaking mess. Uh, and then the mom leaves as well because the baby's running out of gas and... This is so this is one of those things. I don't think she would do it. That, uh, yeah, I don't buy the yeah, the mom like who has just like her her husband is dead. Her son is probably dying. He's going to die of an infection of this leg. They'll have to cut it off probably. It's so bad. And she has a new baby and then she's like, "You know what I need to do? I need to go get more oxygen, I guess." And, and, then, and take a detour, a little detour over. It's a huge detour because that has to be, I mean, unless they've traveled very far away, I guess we don't know where the original house is, but it seems like I understand you're grieving. There is no way that given the current circumstances that you would not rush back. You literally told your son it's going to be an hour and you went and you dilly dallied on the, it does not feel real. It feels like, okay, okay, John Karinsky, you want this scene? You should have put it before they went out on the journey. That's where that scene belongs. Also, it doesn't need it. I do not buy that any person who has just lost their husband would go and take the one thing that reminds them of the husband and leave it as a memento well, on a grave. She's going to be reminded of the husband through her kids. So she doesn't, but it's also, it is weird. That's just not, it's not important enough right now, right? It's not, yeah. they're in crisis. Like they, their home is on fire. So even if she was living and leaving and taking a detour, it's weird because it's, it just doesn't fit in the story. There's yeah. no time for this grief. Like, yes, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment, right? But it, it doesn't make sense. This, so, this is like a month into the grief. You go and do that. Sure. Maybe a week, right? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe when you're not being like, where do we live? Are we safe? My kid's not hurt, right? You're not. Yeah. There's no way in how hurt he was. But then I guess he's not even hurt at all once we get there. But anyway... So, yeah, he gets up, the son gets up, his leg that you're going to have to cut off and they don't know how much of it they're going to keep. He gets up and walks around and starts exploring the thing and leaves the baby yeah, he's just alone. just got a little limp. He's got a little limp. His leg was like, and that's the thing, like his leg was messed, messed up. up. He was like All they did was put alcohol on Yeah. Right. This was not like a, oh, your leg is like a bit hurt. This was like, I know that screaming will kill me and my family and I'm going to keep screaming for a long time because it is that painful. It is a... It was like a... He could not control his reaction, I think. Yeah. It was so painful. And he's just getting up and walking around and then, oops, he makes a noise because he got scared by whatever. I don't even care. I was so mad that he was walking up. I could not even, I just was raging at this point. And he's not even out to do anything. He's no. not, he's not looking for food. He's not, he has no reason to I go do not out. Believe, we have set out. up this character to be the scaredest boy in the world that he is like, he is literally has so much anxiety. I do not buy that. He would leave. I can buy him peeking out at the top and then accidentally something at the top happening that shuts them in more. You know what I mean? Like I can, I can buy that. I cannot buy that he would go looking around and leaving that baby. It just, it's all irresponsible. So now the mom is going to be set up when she comes back because there's no way to really warn her like in the other place that they are there. And then we meet these pirates that I, which I also hate. I wanted, here's what I wanted. I wanted People who survive, but they morphed into this like alien zombie, whatever the creatures are. I wanted these like half humanoid creatures to be like, oh, now this world is like evolving. Like now there's some sort of like sci-fi element of like, because that's like what it seemed like because he gets lured by this girl that literally looks like she's like half dead, but it's just pirates, whatever. And they're all living together somehow, not making noise when they take from people. Also, we have this another problem with this character who his whole thing is he doesn't trust anyone. He's like, I don't even trust my friends. Mm-hmm. Who, th- this clearly helpless family who he watched from a distance for a while, he does not trust them, right? For a while. He goes to help he a little girl. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm going to go help this little girl even though I know that everyone sucks in this world and that everything is horrible. I'll go help this little girl maybe. Yeah, it's not... It's terrible character. I cannot believe his character was so neglected given how much screen time he has. 
So anyway, I still don't understand too how anybody would survive without the things coming right away when they attack people as pirates. That also doesn't make any logical sense in my head. It's like, there's no way that you can rob somebody without making a lot of noise in this point. And maybe you don't care because you have a boat, I guess, because I guess that's what we're supposed to infer. You're also always risking, because I think that it's supposed to be that they, the person will always risk their life you know, or like they'll save their life and give up their things, right? It's like, hey, you're, we're going to make you make a bunch of noise if you don't give us all your stuff. And then you go, okay, I'll give up all my stuff. Yeah. But it's like, this world, like in the first movie, we saw this dude whose wife died. And then he, he was screamed. like, he just fucking was like, I'm done, right? It feels like you're going to run into that pretty quickly. Yeah. Of somebody who's like, hey, you take all my stuff, I'm going to die, so I might as well die also, and kill you. <laughs> how can you make sure when you attack somebody that they're going to be silent? Like, even with the trick yeah. that they devised with this little girl, he could scream the minute that he saw them, right? I mean, but anyway, so they've got them, and then, uh-oh. Actually, I did like this part of the movie, but it's so buried in all this nonsense already that it gets underrated. I feel like when the boy accidentally... It doesn't make sense because he had his leg, but the fact of the boy and the baby being trapped in the vault with no oxygen while the thing is outside yeah. is great. Great yeah, it work. was a cool thing. That, honestly, all you needed for this movie. You didn't need all this extraneous stuff. You could have, like, added it to, then they do this, then they all go together on the boat, right? And you don't need these pirate things. You just need the boat makes noise to start it up, right? And then the fact of, like, oh, they can't swim, right? Or whatever. Like, your own realization instead of somebody just telling you it a little bit later. But whatever. Yeah, the towel thing just freaked me out so much because they're already low on oxygen and now they need double. And the fact of the brother having to take oxygen from the baby, I think was like just brilliant too. And it got into this thing too, is like, there's a bit of like family horror too of like, okay, like, well, do the, is the family going to turn on each other at any point too? Like, I think in like every sort of apocalypse movie, you're like, who can you even trust? You know what I mean? Because everything, the world has changed. The rules are different now. So anyway, then to get out of the pirate thing, the guy says dive because they set that up in the prequel. So you need that to make sense. And then she just like the deaf girl dives in, even though she was grabbed by a pirate somehow. I I don't know. I don't know how to tell you. But anyway, the, then then. So there's a big fight, right? There's the big fight. Oh, I'm sorry. It's and then <laughs> he's, he's, you know, he's using the thing to jingle and, and trap the guys. And I can't remember. He's like, he's doing a bunch of stuff. The thing is killing everybody. The jump, the, the main pirate has stolen the hearing aid from the girl. <laughs> and then the, whatever his name is, Hemet. I don't know. I don't his know. Name? I he, think it is maybe Emmett he, or something He like, like throws the jingling thing that they put on him around the pirate too and then is making the pirate jingle and then the thing goes and kills the pirate basically and then they're all in the water and then the girl and then somehow in all of this he has taken the hearing aid from the pirate who has stolen it and put it in his mouth to bad. keep it safe there was like i mean i think when this happened in the movie, I saw you shake your head. I would have looked at you, and I think we burst out laughing. I don't think we could stop laughing at how stupid that was because there was literally there were so many gratuitous water underwater takes of him. Where I swear to God, I mean I can't remember it now, right? I can't can't play you back in my mind. I swear his mouth was open. There's no way he could have had that hearing aid because two he had like a noose around his neck. So how can you even keep that safely without you're already low for breath? This made no sense. Like honestly, it made sense that when the deaf girl jumped, she just took it out yeah. of his arm. That made was, you didn't need any more. It was chaotic. It was just like there's just like this fucking horrible chaotic fight, and somehow in all of that. He managed to both save himself, which is an impossible feat, and also save the hearing aid in his mouth. So bad. It's so funny, though. It's it's so... I cannot believe this was kept in. But anyway, so I think... And I think two people were, like, weirdly amused in the theater from what I remember at the reaction, because I was just like, what do people think of this, right? We're all sitting here trying to support theaters, and I feel like we're sad. But And then we, like, kind of see... The creature go in the water with them although we haven't been told yet that they can't they are not good in water and we i don't know i don't understand anything that's about to happen just to be honest but then anyway emily blunt comes and she drops one of the oxygen cans and then manages to save them from the 
creature thing and locks herself into the vault with all of them. But the towel is on the door. So they're fine. Don't worry. They like passed out for a little bit, but they're brought to life. And I guess everything's good. Now they have one whole container because she left the other one. And I guess the other one's empty because he passed out. And then they go to this island, the deaf girl, and I wish I should know her name, but I don't. Anyway, but sorry about that. But anyway, so they go on the island. They see people like having a cookout. Like it's like normal over there. Yeah, it's just like all these. And that's the thing, because you're coming from this just like zombie post-apocalyptic wasteland into this island. You can't even make any sounds. You can't even hear your mom's voice most days. Like, And then there's this island and they're just like, hey. Everything's great here. We found out that they couldn't swim, and so we went to this island, and and everything is happy here. <laughs> and they literally—that's the thing too—is like somebody just sits down and tells them, like they're like, you know, like it's an olden day story. They're like, "Welcome to the story of our land. You made it. Congratulations!" Right? And I don't know why it's so pressing for the deaf girl, the teenage daughter, to go and put her hearing aid on this thing, and they're like, "You know what? We'll wait a night, maybe a couple of days. We have no idea the passage of time that is happening at this point." It yeah. honestly feels like they're days ahead. They're um, also, and this is, here's the radio station, right? <laughs> so they have their, they have a radio station, which works, which can broadcast pretty far. And they have chosen to, rather than have someone go in and say this very, very valuable information that apparently nobody knew from the first movie. The family doesn't know this at all, that they cannot swim, that the monsters cannot swim. And so they choose to do a code, which is they play a song having to do with the sea to hope that maybe people will figure it out and then come over to the island that they're at. They've got a bunch of people on this island. You could take shifts of people being like, hey, yeah. I understand well, that you might want to be you secret. Can talk, but clearly you can talk because you're having a cookout and having it too. Yes. So if there's any worry about you talking in the radio station and that the like... The thing is, no, it is like, it feels like an elitist code, to be honest. Yeah. And they're, yeah, but they like, that's the thing is they can keep their island a secret. Just go on there and be like, hey, everybody, uh, <laughs> like they can't swim. You don't even have to tell them to come to your island. Just say, hey, get to an island because they can't swim. If you are in danger, get somewhere in the water because they can't swim. And they're just like, no, we're going to keep that information to ourselves. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah, the code being so complex is so silly. And anyway, so part of the story too, which I did think was interesting, and I honestly would have rather had the prequel about this than this sequel. So the the guy launches in the story about how the National Guard was like, oh, hey, we've got all these boats, and that they were like, and all these people are screaming, and then things were like eating them, and there were 12 boats that could have gotten to the island, but only two went. I'm like very fascinated in that struggle, right? That would have been an interesting scene for me. So, Or even like they should have flashed back to that instead of having this guy just tell the story. I think they should have told that through flashback because there's been, the horror has been weird at this point. And that, that is, honestly, that's a great point because they, if they, if you, if the beginning of the movie is just some random other characters who like, they're trying to get out of the boat, right? They, you yeah. know, they're like doing their lives. The announcement is made. They probably get murdered because there's some people who don't make it out of yeah. the boat, right? But then you've got this like cool horror sequence. Of, you can, we can grow to love these characters and then have them murdered and that's great, right? Yeah. And we also learn about this thing through a dynamic, cool way rather than a just somebody ex, ex, uh, expositorizing, yeah. whatever you call it, exposing. Well, and it would have made this more of the focus. That's the thing. This movie was very unfocused. If I yeah. think if you should just focus on, okay, we're going on the island, right? You don't need to split up the family. You don't need to do any of this. You just need to be like, how do we connect these people's struggle to that? And honestly, that could have been the third freaking movie, right? I think if we had a second movie that was not even related to anything, I think part of it was that... They liked all of these actors and wanted to use them and make sure they work again, which as an actor, I appreciate, you know what I mean? But, but also tell some good stories, right? Like they are good enough. They could come off and go to another thing. Right? And that's the thing is you can do, you can tell this exact story, right? And do it, but just have the prequel thing be about different people. And then that's just cool. And you, we didn't learn it. The only thing we learned from that prequel thing, other than things about the world, we learned a little bit. We saw the news mm-hmm. story and stuff. All we learned is that they were friends with that dude. That was it. 
We didn't learn anything about the characters. We didn't learn anything about other than they're friends with this guy who will be important. We could figure that out a different way. Yeah. We I also don't think, I him. don't know if he did anything besides provided a male presence because you got, you were essentially being, it, that's I guess what sucked too because it, for me it ended on such a badass feminist ending and then it comes back and it's like, by the way, you need a man to survive and it's like, and, the, and I feel, yes, in their position, they probably do, right? Like, there is a part of me that wants to be honest, right? It's not like a feminist thing. They, like, do. But it also was like, ah, oh, you set this up and it's not really that. <laughs> like, you know, it felt like we could have commit and, like, made these badass hurt women, which would have been interesting to me, especially if we're just going to blow logic out the window anyway and having the sun walk. So... Anyway, then after a whole dialogue, even though she was like, I can't hear you if you don't enunciate of him, the guy Emmett or whatever, talking sideways to uh, the deaf teenage daughter. Um, and, and then they weirdly do this thing of like, you're nothing like my dad. And it's like, why would he want to be? They were just like casual like friends at this point. Like it's weird. It's not like he's the brother, which I, is what I wish they made because then some of the things that they were digging on would have made more sense than just like a friend, right? Like a brother. And I could maybe even see it too. It's still not important to the story, but they added like all of these things that just would have been interesting in the first story, maybe too, or in a later story, but it's not this one about getting to an island. Anyway, so then the guy goes and I guess somehow, which just doesn't make any sense to me, but somehow the creature rode on their boat and they didn't die in the boat. I My theory, I guess, is that it can't swim, but it attached to the boat underneath and I guess didn't drown somehow and is alive. Well, and now it's at the island and now there's chaos again because they were all making noise and the one main dude who like told the uh story of the boats and i guess is kind of like the mayor of the island uh sorry if my cats are in the back i guess they're making noise about uh they don't have any regard for this movie that we're talking about anyway they've learned nothing in me talking for two hours with my boyfriend about how being quiet may be important and they have not retained any of this but anyway and then two one of my favorite things is that i'm a guy he gets picked up in the car and then he goes into like, I guess, drive to the radio station, even though it's not really clear that that's where they're going. And then he's like sticking his hand out of the car. And so for me, watching the horror that I've watched, I was like, oh, fuck, they're going to now this is we've the pattern is, is that we hurt people. Right. He's got his arm out. The fucking thing's going to reach out and bite it off. Right. And so now the guy thing doesn't have an arm. We're not that close to the thing. But they don't do that. He survives. And instead, they decide that the man who was driving them because uh, apparently it's not fast in a car. This one isn't. I guess it's like a little seasick. <laughs> anyway, and then, yeah. Oh, there was a stupid moment. I, what the, I, can't, I can't remember how it goes down. I don't know if you have a note about it. When the, like, mayor dude is like, they're like, hey, like, come through the door or whatever. And he's yeah, like. Yeah, we're just about here. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, he freaks out about his family. He's like the thing my family and he's like talking out loud when they're like going to the radio station trying to save the family because so far his family's like locked in a closet so there's nothing wrong but he like goes into a grief moment for whatever reason so then he ends up dying so now his family's really messed up which i just doesn't make any sense and we don't know the character enough to know why he would behave like that it's just a standard horror like the dude freaks out and then gets killed because he freaked out yeah and i guess like I don't know. I might have freaked out in that situation. That is crazy. Like, you know, I, we're over here judging. And in that minute, I probably would have, like, peed my pants, right? Like, to be honest, like, I don't think... I mean, I probably would have just let myself die. But I don't know. If I had people counting on me, I would have behaved differently. But maybe some people can't, apparently. But anyway, then they get the, the daughter to, like, ninja her way in this room. And she's got to, like, not... I, although I don't understand why they left it this messy, but okay, I guess. But anyway, she's got to get into the recording room and like not step on stuff to make noise because that thing is clearly here. And then the back in the vault thing, they go to check on the thing to see if the creature's still there. It is. It ends up ripping the mom's leg because why not just mess them up? We don't really know if they'll ever be okay, honestly. That is not finished in this movie. But essentially, then after the thing rips on it, uh, rips the mom's leg, they get some perfect timing miraculously. And the teenage daughter, even though her, like, Emmett, I guess, like, kind of gets injured, I think. Something happens where he's trying to fend him off and he's not doing very good because obviously they're better. But she gets the broadcast thing and gets them all stunned. 
And I do say, I will say that it is a beautiful mirror of like the boy holding up to the thing and facing his fear, even though he's got a leg that he can't walk on, whatever. Anyway, in this moment, he is strong. He's a strong man, even though he's oxygen deprived, has to be super weak. I call it adrenaline, I guess. And then, but it is beautiful that like both of them are like killing the thing at the same time and have like risen up anyway. But and then logically, yeah. The moment when she is about the everyone is about to die. It's a horrible, very tense moment. She needs to do it as quickly as possible. And she first stops the record from playing <laughs> before she holds up the the hearing aid to the microphone. She's like, nope, but at first I need to make sure that the music is not, not also playing and at the same time. maybe that would have affected the frequency if it's also playing before, but I don't know. Then I, you turn, yeah. then you, if, if it seems like it's not working, then you turn the music off second. Yeah. Right? First you just go, I'm just going to hold this up to the microphone because yeah. I need to make this happen rather than turn the thing off For and sure. then we'll try it right like it it was and i understand from a filmmaking thing of like why you do that and it's kind of a nice moment and also but like I, the character wouldn't do that yeah and it, it wouldn't have mattered if that song honestly it would have been kind of cool if that song was still playing and it was the high pitch frequency also she can't even hear the song yeah because her hearing aid is yeah off, i don't think right? she would have even she, heard i guess it. she can yeah. see that the record is spinning yeah but that's not and gonna... maybe she can you can fear you can feel vibrations in your ears so it's not you may not be able to hear hmm. but you can like you can feel something and it might have been like hard for her to focus you know because it's more you're like taking it in that way because it makes that sort of thing we just have ears that like filter it better and stuff sure. i mean there's like a science to it but yeah anyway this was this movie garbage. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, there were some. I got there were a couple of moments that were great, but mostly garbage. It, I don't, I don't know. Forty-seven percent, I would say. It doesn't have the first one is kind of in the disguise of a horror movie, but it's about a family, right? And it's about this, and the whole time you just care about this family and and what's going on with them, and you want you want them to be well and there's like these very important dynamics going on because of this son who died right and that is yeah. that is informing the whole movie and what is going on with these characters and you're like it's not so much about the fact that they're even hiding from these monsters it's about that they have like have all of these family issues while they're trying to hide from the monsters and protect each other and stuff yeah. and this one has none of that this one is just it's the, the family just Chapter yeah. two, and the family doing some more stuff. We lost all the characters that, and I think there were some really good characters in the first one, and we were given kind of crap characters and things that were like more people were written in this movie to be like, oh, we want this production to be bigger, we want to employ more people, we want to do this, but it like didn't make sense to the story, and that this is kind of what this felt like. It felt like you know a Hollywood studio horror picture, right? Where of a sequel, every Hollywood studio picture, it's like we don't care about the story. Get some famous people in it, make it bigger, and like maybe do some stuff that's a little scarier. I don't know. And think about the moments from the first one, like when the kid and the dad are behind the waterfall and he's like teaching the kid to speak again because the kid is too terrified, right? You have moments like that. And this one, you don't. You don't have any of those moments. You don't have like anything. You can't because there is a loss of the dad that you've set up. So you can't continue with these characters. And there's no like happy family moment. The only happy family moment you would get is if you'd followed the leader of the island. Right. And his family and what it was like to get that family. You don't need to have that happy family moment. You just need to have a. Now you have this family who has lost the dad, right? And you can deal with that. And you can have a lot of, you can have, how do they deal with that? What do they, this, I feel like they just don't really deal with it. They just kind of move on. It's hard because they, I, I would argue that I don't think they have time to deal with it, given that they are constantly in a crisis situation after crisis situation after crisis situation in this movie. Um, there's no moment Except when she wants to just take a stroll down but before she gets her son all patched up and her baby that's running out of oxygen. Like, doesn't make any sense. So apparently we do have time to stroll. So, yeah, I guess you're right. that They could have went and done with the dad's grief. I think it's like, I don't even think, to me, I didn't need that because I think it would have been just, like, really phony. Because in a way, like, in the first movie, they already deal with the dad's grief. Like, there were so many moments of, like, quick things. And I do think... 
And I kind of liked it because I feel like that's what The Last of Us 2 does. It's like the grief is there, but it's turned into this sort of like hunting monster in itself, right? The grief is that, no, I'm going to kill what killed my fucking dad, right? Like that is, and it wasn't played up as much in this movie. That is like, I think that happens in Silent Hill, which makes Silent Hill really compelling is like that the grief is played in the horror. And this, it was like, it felt like it was playing the horror and not using grief as the motivator, which is what would have made it better. So, I mean, like, go to the theater. I definitely would recommend, I think, seeing this in theaters rather than on screen. But also, if you are looking for a good time, I cannot look at you in the face and say this movie is worth it. Um, but, I mean, I guess if you really want to laugh really hard at a ridiculous plot line, uh, wait till the earpiece thing and then, I guess, walk out. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm assuming you've already seen it if you're listening to the review. But, yeah. What did you guys think? Uh, let me know below and make sure you subscribe for more horror films. Luke's always getting me to watch more things. Uh, and then eventually we'll talk about his favorite ever, which is Goosebumps, which he didn't know until it was me. Basically. Well, he got one Goosebumps book, so you didn't know. But I made you really know it. Yeah, I'd never actually, I didn't actually read the book, so. Yeah, because you were banned. Which I was is banned. Banned. And now I was like corrupting. I'm sorry, Luke's mom. Sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Scorcho. I've really enjoyed Goosebumps, even though they scared me to death. Anyway, this isn't Goosebumps. This is a quiet place too. So thanks so much. If you guys enjoyed my review, make sure you check out the first one if you haven't. Make sure you check out my other reviews and follow both of us on socials. Do you want to promote anything, Luke? No. All right. Uh, no comments at this time. <laughs> I'm paid to be here. I, I have to be here for my relationship. That's your like version of who's the NFL guy that does that? Oh, uh... Oh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Beast Mode. Um, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. That's the one. Yeah, I love that icon. Anyway, have a good one. Bye.